Today I'm going to talk in circles. To talk in circles. This is another common English expression. Have a think about what this could mean and I will tell you the meaning with an example at the end of this podcast episode. Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture with me, your host Michael Lavers. Hello, my name is Michael and this is the Level Up English podcast as you already know from the intro. I hope you're having a great week and I'm very glad you could spend this time with me today as always. So for those who are new, this is the podcast where you can come to practice the British accent, learn more about the English language and explore language learning in general. And one way I try to do this is with a transcript. So don't forget to check out the transcript for today's episode to read what I'm saying while I'm saying it. As always, I want to also give a shout out to italki, italki.com. And italki is a language learning website where you can find an English teacher or language partner. And now we're going to be talking about finding a language partner today. So italki, of course, is very useful for that. So if you want to get a free, completely free, $10 for English lessons online, then you can click the link in the description of this podcast episode or go to ewmichael.com slash italki. That will take you directly to the italki website. When you sign up and add some credits into your account, you will get a bonus free $10. In the past week, I've also had quite a few people signing up to Level Up English, my online school English learning website. So thank you for everyone who has joined. Uh, While I'm recording, it's actually down for maintenance. So it's being worked on at the moment. Someone's making it run faster. So it'll be a lot easier to use in the future. But perhaps when this podcast is published, it will be back up. So feel free to sign up to Level Up English and we can have more talk about learning English over there. And finally, last piece of news, don't forget to sign up to my email list for weekly free vocabulary lessons, sometimes grammar as well. So every Thursday I give a new English lesson and I also encourage people taking those lessons to reply to the email and I will give you some free feedback and kind of corrections as well. So thank you to everyone who's been participating in those lessons. It's been really, really great to see what you've been writing and how much work you're putting into your English. So great job to you guys. So as I briefly mentioned before, I want to talk about finding a language partner today. And now this is a topic I've spoken about several times in the past on this podcast. And that's just because I think it's so important. It can make such a huge difference. And if you're like me, you perhaps are delaying this because you're shy. 
you know, when I first started learning languages, I didn't want to talk to anyone, ironically, because I was too shy. But I think it's really important to keep hearing this message to kind of push you and encourage you to take some online practice in some way. But it's not just so simple. I can't just say, you know, find an online language partner and that's it. It's a little bit more complex than that. So I'm going to give you my best advice and my experience today on how you can do that. So let's first talk about what a language partner is for those who don't know. Basically, a language partner is someone you can meet usually online, but possibly in real life as well. And generally, the idea is you will have 50% conversation in your target language, which I imagine is English, and then 50% conversation in your native language. So that's why it's really important to find someone who's learning your language too. So it's not just a teacher, it's a kind of you're learning together and you're encouraging each other to learn as well. So that's the difference from getting a teacher. Finding a language partner is completely free. It doesn't take any money, but it will cost you in a little bit of time. So for example, maybe you have one hour a week. Rather than spending one hour talking English, perhaps it will be half an hour in English and half an hour in your native language. So that's a really good thing to do if you want a free and easy way to practice. If you don't mind spending a little bit of money, then in that case you can get a teacher, of course, and when you have a teacher it's 100% talking in your target language, English. So you have to think about what is more important to you if you have like the money or the time. There's no right answer, just think about what's best for you. As for me, I like to do a combination of both. It's a little bit more financially uh, smart, I suppose. You don't spend so much money, but you do have quite a lot of language practice too. So a little bit of both is good for me. Now, when I was traveling in Japan last year, I was meeting language partners almost every day. It was something I really enjoyed doing. And meeting in real life can be really beneficial. But regardless of how you do it, whether it's online or in real life, it doesn't always go so well. So it's really important to be patient to find the right language partner. Sometimes the level just won't work, even if you have a good connection. So even if you feel like you're good friends with them, you can talk to them quite easily. Ideally, you want to look for someone with a similar level to you. And if you do that, it's much more likely that you will speak 50-50. But for example, if your English is quite weak, maybe quite beginner, and their knowledge of your language is quite strong, maybe more advanced, then naturally you will just speak more of your native language. No matter how hard you try to avoid it, it will kind of naturally happen because it's the easiest way to communicate. And the same goes in reverse too. So if you find someone who is much weaker at your language compared to your English, then you will probably end up spending 
more time speaking English. Maybe that sounds like a good thing, but I think it's not a good thing because your language partner will not be happy about that, and that will affect your relationship too. So I've had some really fantastic experiences in the past where I found someone exactly the same level as me, and we can kind of fill in the gaps. So basically, don't expect your first language partner to be the best one. You need to kind of keep trying. If you don't feel like it's a good fit, don't feel like you owe them anything. You know, it's especially if it's online, you don't owe them like a big apology message. You can just say you're busy. You don't have to kind of feel bad about stopping talking with them. But what's really nice when the language level is the same is that you kind of have to use a little bit of English to get your point across. So if the other person doesn't understand your native language so well, then you will have to use English to try to explain certain things to them. You know, you have no choice. So that's a really exciting thing when that happens. But yeah, it's important not to be discouraged if you have a few bad experiences. In my opinion, it's very similar just to making a friend or even going on a date. You cannot expect everyone to be a good match for you, and in fact, the same goes for finding a personal tutor as well, or online teacher. It's important to make sure you match on a personal level, like maybe similar hobbies, similar things you like to talk about, and also that similar level as well. So there's lots of things to take into account. One of the worst things that can happen on a language exchange meeting. Especially in real life, is when one person kind of wants to dominate the language. They want to dominate the conversation, and they just want to focus on their target language. And whether that is your partner or you, it's always very obvious to the other person. So it's happened to me before where I've met someone, and whenever I try to speak in my target language, they always kind of go back to English. They always reply in English. And it's happened once or twice, and it, it's kind of transparent, which means I know what they're doing. I know that they're kind of being a bit selfish about it. They're not thinking about what I want. And then it's like a constant battle of trying to talk as much of your target language as possible, and it's just not very fun. So if you can find someone who's respectful, and they respect your desire to learn, and in return you respect their desire to learn. That's the perfect scenario. Okay, our next kind of subheading, if you like, is as I mentioned earlier, what if I'm shy? So this is something I try to think about a lot because this is what held me back at the beginning. If you are very shy, chances are this idea is quite terrifying for you. The idea of meeting a stranger to practice language is very scary. I completely understand. In fact, when I first had a language exchange, I think I was seventeen or eighteen, and it was on Skype. And we always scheduled for Monday morning to talk, and even from on Saturday, I was terrified. I remember that feeling the whole weekend. I was nervous. So maybe you're feeling similar. Maybe you're not that bad, but I'll give you some advice to help you overcome that. So first of all, I would recommend 
setting a limit, just finding someone online and agreeing on a 15 minute chat. Just kind of introductions, get to know them, tell them that you're quite nervous because they probably will be too. I've never had a language partner who wasn't nervous to meet me and I don't think it's personal. I think that's just how people are. So tell them how you feel. They will probably tell you the same. That will make you feel better. And just agree for a 15-minute talk. And this is a good opportunity to dip your toe in the water. Now, this expression means to try something before you go too much into it, before you go too deeply into it. So when you're testing the temperature of the water in a swimming pool, you dip your toe in the water just to see what it's like. It will be scary. Don't expect you not to be nervous if you are quite a shy person. And yeah, just like me, you probably will be nervous even days beforehand. But the thing to think about is just think about where you could be in five years time. If you chicken out, which means you give up because you're too scared, if you do that, you will never improve. You will never make any progress and you'll just feel bad about it. You'll feel guilty and ashamed. I definitely know that feeling. If you face your fear and go for it, then the person you could be in one, two or five years time could be dramatically different from who you are now. So it just takes one little step of confidence and perhaps in the future, you will be talking confidently with no fear at all. And I know this because this is exactly what happened to me. When I was maybe 22, 23, I was still very nervous when it came to meeting strangers or talking to people online. I was very scared about that. But despite my fear, I tried it. I was shaking the entire time with fear. But because of that, I gradually got over it. And now I'm able to talk to anyone online and I don't really get nervous anymore. So it's definitely possible to reach that point if that's what you want to do, if you feel like that's a, an obstacle for you. Okay, the final section I want to discuss is how to keep a good relationship. So of course, once you find a language partner, that's great that you've got someone you like, but just like any other relationship, you want to keep it strong and you want to keep it friendly and and positive, of course, it has to be positive. So when you are talking, I would recommend trying to organise a new time at the end of your talk. It's not so good if you can just have a conversation once and then forget to reschedule a new one. That doesn't benefit anyone, really. So I would recommend trying to organise a new time at the end of your first talk And even better, if it's a regular time every week, that would be ideal. So if you set that time and you can hold each other accountable, and that's a really good thing because when you study alone, you can make excuses. Ah, I'm too busy today. I'm too tired. I don't have time. But when you know someone is waiting for you, waiting to practice with you, waiting for you to come, then it's much harder to make excuses like that. So that's also a nice bonus tip as well. Another piece of advice is 
you know, in most language exchanges, it will be like a 50-50 chat. I think that works the best rather than switching constantly. I think the first half, 100%, let's say English. The second half, 100% your native language. I think that works the best. And when it is halfway through your chat, when it's time to switch over, be sure to remind them. So don't have the kind of attitude, or oh, maybe they won't notice, maybe we can go a little bit longer. Because maybe they're just a little bit nervous to start talking your language, and they need you to make that decision. So when it's time to switch, remind them and say, hey, shall we use my language now? And they will be very happy that you said that, and that will kind of build your relationship, make it stronger as well. And perhaps it goes without saying, but when you do talk in your native language, which your partner is learning, do your best. You know, don't kind of relax and think, ah, now it's now it's the easy part. You want to give as much value as you can to your partner. And you can do this by perhaps writing corrections for them. So I've seen many language partners, they'll write corrections. Maybe they'll send you their notes after the lesson. And it's just a really nice thing to do. Because it doesn't take too much work just to correct some grammar and some mistakes they make and give them some advice as well. And there's a common expression which is, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Which, in other words, is like a mutually beneficial thing. So if you help them as much as you can, they will be happy to help you as well. So think of it that way, you're helping yourself by helping them. <laughs> The final tip, I've got a bonus tip now, and that's just to warm up beforehand. And this goes for any interaction in English, if possible. If you go in cold, which means you kind of go in with no preparation, I would say you're not really making the most of your time because it takes a long time to warm up and that's kind of time that you're wasting. And maybe you're not so used to talking English at that stage. So before the lesson, if you can, or before that chat, spend some time on reviewing some sentences, some phrases you've learned recently, maybe listening, get used to the sound of English. And that will really help you when it comes to speaking because you'll be able to jump right into it with no warming up. So that's another good tip that I've found that works for me as well. And I think we will stop there for today. So... As always, I would love to hear from you. So if you have a language partner or you have any problems with one or any kind of interesting stories or experiences or questions, then I would love to hear. And the best way to let me know is probably on the show notes page. So this one is going to be called ewmichael.com forward slash language partner. If you go there, there'll be a comment section at the bottom and we can kind of join in uh, a little discussion. That would be great. Thank you so much for your continued support with this podcast. It makes me so happy that you are willing to listen to me every week and that we can kind of spend this time together. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. 
If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, please go to my website, ewmichael.com forward slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening. At the beginning of the episode today, I mentioned the expression to talk in circles. Now, talking in circles is basically where you kind of argue or you're talking and you're repeating the same topics again and again. Often it's when you don't make any progress in what you're talking about. So I hope I didn't talk in circles today. I hope I kind of made some progress, had some interesting things to talk about. But for example, my friend does not believe in climate change and I do believe in climate change. We argued for hours and hours, but in the end, we were just talking in circles. So we decided to call it a day. Think of a time when you have talked in circles.